0: Well, kia ora everyone, and uh, today I'm uh, doing the fourth and final part, God willing, (laughs) of 10 things to remember, and um, we've been looking at some scriptures that if understood and applied will hold you and I in good stead in 2023, especially as we face challenges, of which there has been a few already. We were up in the Hawke's Bay last week and just been able to uh, 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 go there and, and, and be with Uh, Be with them. Uh, We were in Auckland also uh, this week, and I'm talking to one pastor there, Pastor Friday. His whole bottom of his uh, church has been flooded out. I mean, there's just... Uh, stuff so it was great to be able to go and minister there to leaders. We go to Tauranga tomorrow. In fact, it's been great to catch up with a New Life family. Haven't been able to do that because of all the COVID craziness over the last couple of years. So it's good to be able to uh, be able to get out and about. Why, Willie, we're away. Did Nat do a good job last week? I mean, I mean, I think she I think she did a pretty 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 good job. So uh, uh, we were watching and cheering her. Uh, uh, oh, All it was the first thing we did is we got home to turn on the service and uh, watched it online Dio moody moody who 's um, a, a well known evangelist, he said the scriptures were not given to increase our knowledge but to change our lives and My hope over this series is that it's, these, these scriptures have helped you they have helped you in your life. So I want to do a quick review, and i 'm going to go really fast of the first Seven, First seven things we've talked about, then we'll jump into the remaining three. Ten things to remember. Um, number one, His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Whatever you face, whatever you're facing, whatever you will face, whatever challenges come your way, you need to know, we need to know. Jesus tells us, it's written in red in Second Corinthians 12 verse 9, that my grace is sufficient. For you, It's not Paul speaking, it's Jesus speaking. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. They travel lightly whom God's grace carries, Thomas Akempis said. So let God's grace carry you. Number two, do not worry. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, thanksgiving, and so on, let your requests be known to God. In other words, don't panic pray. Don't panic, pray. Number three, fear not, for God has not given us, First Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us, not given you, a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I'm just wrong remind us, if you're going to fear anything in these days, fear God. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and he who fears God has nothing else to fear. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Number four, be strong and courageous. What's courage? Courage is just fear that said its prayers. That's it. Bravery is not the absence of fear, but rather the mastery of it. We go to new levels. We're always going to have new devils, new things that are attacking us. Number five, build on the rock. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Be like a wise man. I just want to encourage you, be like a wise man. Devotional writer Oswald Chambers said, said this the best measure of spiritual life is uh, the best measure of a spiritual life is not its ecstasies, not the warm fuzzies, but its obedience. We don't just live with our head in the clouds, but with our feet on the rock. Number six, get vision. Get vision. Proverbs twenty-nine verse eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish we talked about that the church in these days desperately needs to regain an eternal and heavenly perspective for our lives for our churches desperately needed and so our prayer is god give us a fresh vision a fresh revelation of eternity of things above and of life beyond let us fix our eyes not on what is seen not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Jemiliot, who was martyred uh, uh, when he was out preaching the gospel in South America, he was spared to death. When he uh, qualified from a Bible college, he wrote these words in his diary. Now famous words, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He had an eternal perspective this world is our passage not our portion number seven learn contentment 1st timothy 6 verse 6 godliness with contentment is great gain true happiness has more to do with what what is happening in you than what's happening around you we've got to understand it's an inside job A.W. Tozer said, the reason we have to search for many things to cheer us up is the fact that we are not really joyful and contentedly happy within. Friends, contentment makes poor men rich and discontent makes rich men poor. What is happiness? Someone said this, happiness is the art of making a bouquet of those flowers within reach. So I've got three of the 10 things Left, and I will accomplish them today. So I've got ten of the three things left, and I, I know, uh, as I've been processing this, I, I know clearly what I have wanted to do for number number ten. But for eight and nine, it was harder, a lot harder, to decide because it's, God's word is so full, it's so rich, it's, there's so many scriptures or things that I could fill in the blank. Uh, with I could talk about the tongue. I could uh, talk about live a life worthy of the, uh, of the gospel. I could, I, I could talk about, you know, I, I love your enemies. I could talk about so many different things. And so it's been a wrestle to go, what do I put? What is it that God is on God's heart and on my heart to share in these final two spaces? And I've settled for these two. Number eight is take captive every thought. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Take captive every thought. Number nine, fight the good fight. I mean, there's many things, but these are the things I've, I've chosen for number eight and nine. And I'm just going to do them together today. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says this. Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I just want to preface what I'm, what I'm going to share today with, with this. I, I just want to preface with this. In this church, we believe the Bible is the Word of God. That's right. Thank you for the two people who um, said amen to that. Oh, let me let me try that again. Maybe. Yeah. In this church, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. Can I, yeah. I, I Thank you. It's important in these days. Yeah. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 through 17 tells us all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. By the way, media person, some of the stuff isn't in the notes. Don't worry, I'll get back because they'll be going, where, where is that? and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In in this church, we believe that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, that the Bible is the only authoritative written revelation of God, and Christ follow. if you're a disciple of Christ, this is kind of a biggie. Yeah. Just saying, it's, it's, it's kind of a biggie. It's important that you settle this matter yeah. in your heart. Author, revivalist, and preacher Vance Havner said, the word of God is either absolute or obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's no gray space in between. It's either absolute or obsolete. And when you think about the Holy Bible, it says things. Think about it. It says things and teaches things. And and this is why it's important to settle, because the Holy Bible says things and teaches things that a godless world just does not want to hear. What it commands or teaches goes against the grain of popular opinion in a society hungry for validation and affirmation of lifestyles and agendas in our own lives friends if we haven't settled this matter in our in our own lives this word this 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 holy book we sang about it this lamp unto our feet uh, this this light unto our path as we read it it can rob us up the wrong way it might say things that will offend us it might say things that will upset us sometimes this 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 holy book this this word of god has a way of sometimes exposing our our sin our hypocrisy exposing where we fall short But when that happens, we don't change the Bible. We let the Bible change us. We don't go, well, that doesn't fit into my, the way I see see things. No, 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 We we don't change the Bible because we... We understand the Bible is the, the, the word of God. We don't change the Bible. We allow the Bible to change us. It's not the Bible who needs to change, it's us who needs to change. I'm prefacing this so so, so we can understand, really laying a foundation of what to help us understand where I'm going and what I'm speaking from today. And then we chose to put it this way. We must never edit God. Yeah. So we're to take captive every thought. We're to, we're to fight the good fight. Uh, let, me, let me read this in its fuller context. Second Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5. Let me read it in its fuller context. It says this. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Yeah. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension yeah. that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Pretension is, is, just means a, a claim or an assertion about something. This is true or... We should believe that or we should think this. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now as I speak today, I wanna again be very respectful. I wanna be, I hope you hear my heart. Because I've been concerned, I've been troubled, I've been wrestling and w- with things, and I-, I want you to hear, and I, I think, also we- obviously, we're-, we're online, and I think it's important that we're respectful and understand that, and understand I'm not talking to people here, I'm talking in general. People are like, uh-oh, what's he going to say? Hear my heart. I'm concerned that every day, right before our eyes, in big ways and small, the Judeo-Christian ethic, on which our society and our laws are built, is being minimized, and minimised, whatever that word is—it's a new word—is being minimized and ostracised, eroded, and removed and replaced replaced with radical ideologies and philosophies that are tearing at the very soul and fabric of our society. And the propaganda is relentless and on purpose. Just ask Disney. Our government and those within it, social engineering on a massive and unprecedented scale, importing and parroting from America critical race theory, intersectionality, presentism, this new Marxism, along with radical gender ideology, are slowly but surely making its way into every institution it can and into the hearts and minds of our nation. It's affecting every part of our society. In our schools, our tamariki are learning LGBTQ perhaps before they have even a handle on A, B, C, D, E. We have drag queens for story time. Preferred pronouns. Men and women's sports. What even is a woman? People can't answer that today. Do men make better women? We have biology replaced with ideology, even now down to our very birth certificates. Words are being controlled. I heard someone said, I don't know, someone told me in between the services that dictionaries are looking at removing the words wives and husbands from it. I don't know if that's a, that's a fact. I haven't researched that, but it wouldn't surprise me. All in the name of inclusivity. And of course, speech is free only if you agree with the narrative. I was watching a small clip by a guy named Konstantin Kissin, who is a Russian-born British political commentator and a satirist. And he revealed this interesting fact when being interviewed. He said, last, last year, I think it was, you can find it on YouTube, it's easy, but it was, I think it was a BBC program. But he said, last year, 400 people were arrested in Russia for things they put on social media. He said, obviously... Great Britain is very different. But guess how many people were arrested in Great Britain for things they put on social media? The guy was like, well, I, 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 don't, I don't have any idea. He said 3,300. That is insane. Speech is free only if you agree with the narrative. You dare to speak out, it's labeled misinformation. You don't fall into line, you get cancellation. You can lose your job, your livelihood, just with one tweet. So so everyday people, we be quiet. I mean, who wants to rock the boat? So everyday people suffer in silence in the name of inclusivity, only we're not included by the intolerant tolerant. I mean, no one wants to be labeled a bigot, a racist, a privileged oppressor a transphobe a purveyor of hate or even an extremist and of course you don't even have to speak to get in trouble you don't have to say anything even if you think things you can get into trouble if you don't think appropriately i've watched a woman you can search it out it's easy just One little thing into YouTube, you can find it. Just recently, I've watched a woman being arrested. I believe she was arrested twice. In Great Britain for what? Silently praying. Silently praying in her mind outside an abortion clinic. As she was arrested, the policeman asked her, are you praying? And she's like, yes, I'm praying in my mind. Obviously, the police believed in the power of prayer because they arrested her for that. What's the agenda? The agenda is to ultimately change the way we think, the way society thinks, the way you think don't drink the kool-aid my brother my sister this is why we must heed the words of paul and take captive every thought argument philosophy pretense ideology everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of god we take them captive and go does this line up with god's word with God's way. And if it doesn't, you say, I, I, I don't and I won't accept it. I'm not going to have my kids taught it or be a part of that. And of course, the world does what it wants, and I'm, I, I, I'm not by any means saying that the world should live by Christian values or think I'm not trying to force that onto anybody that's not my thing i'm i'm really just saying that i'm seeing this flowing through our society i'm not expecting anyone who is not a christian to live as a christian the world will do as it chooses but what concerns me more is the church the church especially in the Western world. The church in the Western world is not immune to the ideological onslaught. With many denominations slowly capitulating, seduced by the world's woke, seductive call. I used to be shocked by things. I'm not shocked anymore. i I just like, hmm. There are churches I've seen with a pulpit-preaching drag queen. Churches, multiple churches where traditional orthodoxy is thrown aside to celebrate together with rainbow pride. How, how, how far will it go? I, I, I don't know. I guess as far as we let it. Paul the Apostle in his second second letter to Timothy, he he wrote these these words. He said, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. If you're new to church, you go, Well, what is doctrine? I've heard that. Well, what, what does doctrine mean? I remember when I asked Grace this many years ago, about 15 years ago, Grace, what is doctrine? She said, Well, obviously, Dad, something to do with doctors. <laughs> I'm like, no. And she could see, I was like, oh, oh, old documents? I was like, no. Doctrine simply means teaching. Simply means teaching. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, Paul, speaking to Timothy, he says, keep your head in all situations. This scripture, this passage seems to me to illustrate the, the present day struggle that we have. Which is why there is a desperate need in the church for sound doctrine and my heart uh, for you as your pastor is I want you to be able to keep your head firmly screwed on I remember my mother used to say to me when I would lose things she was like you'd lose your head if it wasn't screwed on (laughs) is there anybody else whose mother has said that to you yes the trauma is real I'm just telling you (laughs) right now thank you for your honesty I want you to keep your head firmly screwed on in this current situation. Paul said to Timothy, watch your life. 1 Timothy four sixteen. He said, watch your life and doctrine closely. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your, your hearers. I remember what Mark Twain said. He said, it's not, when it comes to the Bible, it's, it's not the parts I don't understand that trouble me. It's the parts I do. That convict me. And challenge me. Choirstone who was born in 349 AD. He was the Bishop of Constantinople, which is modern-day Istanbul. He, He, being one of the early church fathers, rightly said this, the source of all our troubles is not knowing the Scriptures. Friends, if we're to fight the good fight, if we're to take captive every thought, if we're to bring it into line with Christ, you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. You need to know his word. Why? Because his thoughts are not your, th- your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. Oh, well, you know, I just think, I think. No, no, it doesn't matter what you think. Well, I know the Bible says that, but I think. No, no, no. Your ways are not his ways. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. Isaiah 55 verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares, declares the Lord. We've got to remember again, we've talked about it. Let's not be Christian Buddhist, where it's about me and revolves around, around me. No, we're priests. We come to him. We minister to him. It's so important we get it. God has preferences. He has things he likes. He has patterns. He has commandments. He tells us, this is how I want you to live. Well, I don't know if I, no, no, no. If you're a follower of Christ, this is what, because friends, if this is where, if we don't accept that the Bible is the word of God, i want to tell you, it's a slippery slope very quickly. Friend, if ever from this pulpit, I say to you, well, I don't know, you know, if God's word is, you know, the Bible is, uh, you should leave this church. Get out of here. the slippery slope will begin in this church we believe in the word of god come on we've got to know it you know with doing this doing this message today i i i i was i i was nervous to, to do this man i i shouldn't be nervous to do this man i shouldn't be this shouldn't be a th- but we're living in an age where it's like man Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. So we can, as Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 15, with all these things in mind, with all that's going on, with all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching of, In other versions it says the traditions we passed on to you both in person and by letter. We in this church hold to Christian orthodoxy. Orthodoxy means simply this generally accepted theory, doctrine, and practice. Meaning we remember the church fathers. We remember that which has been practiced throughout the ages. That which has been set and established. Obviously, we vary in Pentecost and so on. Because if we don't, if it comes to a place where we don't hold on to that which has been tried and true, we will end up, as A.W. Tozer said, So powerfully, we will end up with a Christianity so watered down that if it was poison, it wouldn't kill you. And if it was medicine, it wouldn't cure you. Vance Havner said this many years ago, but it's so apt for today. He said, we are so afraid of being offensive that we are not effective. Every disciple here today, every believer here today, you need to know that we have peace with God. But we are at war with sin. For this Christian, this world, I don't know who it was who said it, for the Christian, the world is an arena, not an armchair. It's not for us to sit down and go, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. Let's just take it. No, this is an arena in which we must take action. This is arena which we must fight for the hearts and minds of our children and for our nation. And so I'm asking where, where are the Daniels and the Estes? Where are the Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegoes? Yeah. Those who will not bow to popular culture. Yeah. Ones who understand the weapons we fight with are not The weapons of this world, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And they will take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We are the ones who will fight the good fight and keep the faith, as it says in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. Those who are not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. First for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is found, a righteousness that comes by faith from first to last. Where are those who will fight the good fight? And I'm just saying may may it be you. I hope you've heard my heart. The heart of a concerned shepherd. Number one, his grace is sufficient. Number two, do not worry. Number three, fear not. Number four, be strong and courageous. Number five, build on the rock. Number six, get vision. Number seven, learn contentment. Number eight, take captive every thought. Number nine, fight the good fight. Number 10, you decide. You fill in the blank. I've given nine scriptures that I think that will help and hold you in good Instead in 2023, what would you put for number 10? What scripture? Would it be watch my tongue, knowing that the tongue has the power of death and life? Would it be live a life worthy of the gospel? What would you put in number 10? Good discussion for connect groups. Join one. hope you've heard my heart that's it I've done ten it is complete it is finished thank you Jesus I'm happy I hope you are let's give praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords only he has the words of eternal life like I say all I've said from the heart of a shepherd it's not directed at any person or any people I believe in the freedom of a nation to be able to say and speak without hindrance what needs to be said without fear or trepidation that is the nation we grew up in and may it be so for many years to come Would you stand as I pronounce a blessing over you? Let me speak these ancient words over your life. From the New and from the Old Testament. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, May He equip you with every good thing to do His will. And may He accomplish in us, in you, what is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be all glory forever and ever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, the service is over. If you need prayer for anything, there's a station over here with people ready to pray. God bless you. Have a coffee with somebody, hang around, and let's fellowship together.